Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. And before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my dad, Franklin Graham, will be bringing an Easter message this Sunday from Central Park. And that will be aired on Fox News at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And I wanna encourage you to watch. He will be joined by his friend, Michael W. Smith from Central Park. And just so you know, They weren't violating any social distancing rules and regulations, but it'll just be he and Michael W. Smith bringing a message of hope. This Sunday morning, Fox News, 10 a.m. Eastern. But in this episode of Fearless, I wanna encourage you because Easter for all of us is gonna be very different this year. Many of us have our traditions that we have at Easter, But for most of us, we won't be having those traditions. We won't be going to our church services and our family gatherings. But I've heard people say that Easter is canceled this year. And just because of the coronavirus, that does not cancel Easter. That doesn't cancel the greatest love story of all, where the Son of God hung on a cross for you and for me, where death and darkness thought they had won that day. But here today, I want to remind you, Jesus conquered darkness. And how do we as Christians, how do we cling to that assurance that the story didn't end there on the cross, but Jesus Christ holds victory in our lives? For all of us, for the entire world, the last few weeks have been disrupted of what we would call our normal lives. None of us have ever seen the entire world shut down and just put on halt. And for many of us, these can be really scary times and unknown times, uncertainty. For some of us, our schedules have been slowed down. And for some of us, it's even been more busy because we see people that have had to go to work, our nurses and our healthcare providers who are working around the clock and those other people in our communities that provide essential services, that this has just even been a busier time. And then even maybe for working moms who now have to work out of their home and you're having to homeschool like me, you know, you're having to figure out how to keep working all your hours and to also be a mom and to be able to homeschool your children. And this has just been difficult for many people. And then just like the last few weeks, this Easter will be different for all of us. You know, we normally have our Easter traditions, our dresses picked out. We go to our churches, we'll wake up, maybe we have brunch with family or a family lunch or dinner. We have the Easter egg hunts and the Easter baskets waiting for our children. And we have this image of what Easter is gonna be like. But this year, Easter will be different. And I've looked at, you know, and I'm sure many of you over the last few weeks, how God has stripped us of so many distractions. And maybe he stripped us even of our idols and then the things in this world, what we worship. He has shut down our stadiums and taken sports away. You know, if we look at athletes or sports as our idols, he's taken that away from us. If we look at actors and actresses in Hollywood, you know, he has shut down the theaters. He's taken that away. 
And if we worship money, he's even taken that away. You know, we look at our economy, so many people, it is heart-wrenching when we look at how many people have lost their jobs. And it really makes me cry when I, when I think of what people are going through and what they're facing right now. But God has stripped so many things from us. And I even think in this time that there are many Christians who might even kind of worship the building that they worship God in that sometimes that can become an idol to us and we might not even realize it. We look at the musicians and the production that the church is, or if this church, if you go to a church that's large and beautiful and the people that we surround ourselves with, those Sunday mornings can maybe have become the worship instead of worshiping God himself. And he's even taken our church buildings away from us so that we've had to worship God in our homes with our families, and He has simplified our worship. And it is amazing that we live in a time period that we can still have fellowship and that we know that worshiping God in church is not based on the building itself and how thankful I am for, you know, the social media and just the innovative ways that people found to worship God in this time. But I know for me and my family, the worship has been slowed down and it's been more intentional in the quietness of our home that even me and my personal time with the Lord each morning, it's been really sweet that I've even slowed down the reading of the scripture. I read Psalm 119 the other day. We all know that's a very long Psalm. It took me three days, three times in my quiet time to go through it, to study it and to understand it. During this time, I've had a really sweet time and an unexpected blessing. I've been trying to find all these unexpected blessings during this time. And my friend, Kay Arthur, I really don't know Kay Arthur that well. We've only met a few times. And on one of the very first mornings during quarantine, I sent her a picture of my little girl doing her Bible study. It's called Who Created It? And it's going through Genesis 1. And my little girl who's six-year-old, so I sent a picture to Miss Kay and I said, we're doing your Bible study. And we just started texting. And she sent a message about how about you and me, we start meeting, you know, every couple of days during this time since her schedule has been slowed down. And she said, you can ask me anything you want. And I said, Miss Kay, I want to study prophecy, like with Daniel and Revelation. And we've been doing that, but I'm not just going through it as I'm reading chapter over and over and over, studying it, making notes. For my own personal time, it's been simplified. It's been more intentional. And maybe that has been the same for you, but it really has been beautiful because I've heard God speak in ways that I've never heard Him speak to my heart before. And the scriptures say, and I know I've said this on Fearless before, is you draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And that's been the case for me. And as I just mentioned, it took me a couple of days to read through Psalm 119 because I was taking my time and being intentional with every word. But there was a theme for me in 119. And I've learned, and when I see themes as I'm reading scripture, I'll circle it. If I see a word that's repeated many times and maybe a chapter or in a few verses, I will circle that. And for Psalm 119, it was the word revive that God repeats. In verse 25, it says, revive me according to your word. Verse 37 Revive me in your ways. Verse 50, your word has revived me. 
verse 107, revive me, Lord, according to your word. And it continued on. And throughout the 119, it's basically his word will sustain you. God will strengthen you. He will revive you and he will strengthen you based on his word. And we all know the verse uh, 133, establish my footsteps in your word. And again, verse 149, revive me, O Lord, according to your ordain and revive me again according to your word. So that word revive has been my theme during this time of this quarantine time and this shutdown time is Lord, you revive me that I know your word. Your word will be my strength. And it has been really sweet. And as I mentioned, I've been doing a Bible study with Kay Arthur. And we've been, uh, we started in Revelation and she says, Sissy, we got to pause here because to do Revelation, we really need to do Daniel. So we reverted back to Daniel and we started in Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 11, it's uh, talking about a prophecy and the Northern and Southern kingdoms will come in at the end of the world. And it starts talking about the Antichrist, but it says, but those who know their God will be able to stand in strength and to be able to take action. And it's those who know their God in the end times and in the darkness and the scary times, it's those who know their God will be able to stand in strength and to be able to take action. And here at Fearless, I always wanna encourage you, do you know your God? Do you know who he is? So when Satan comes to plant those seeds of doubt, you can call on him of who he is and to be able to quote scripture. And then also I've been learning through Daniel that in Daniel, it refers to God as the God, the most high God. So in my Bible, I have been making marks of every time I come through a characteristic of God and I start writing that in my Bible of who God is. And in Daniel, it reveals to us again that God, the most high God, He's the one where wisdom and power belongs to Him. It's He, God, who changes the times and the epics. It's He who removes kings and establishes kings. It's God who gives wisdom and knowledge. It's he who reveals the profound and hidden things. It's he, God, who knows what is in the darkness. God knows what the darkness holds. And the darkness scares us because it's what we can't see. But it also says that the light dwells in God. And in this Easter, may we remember that Jesus Christ came to be a light and we as Christians, we're living in dark times that we are to be a light for God and for truth in the time of darkness, especially times like this. This is when we are to shine bright. And, you know, I look at what uh, Samaritan's Purse is doing on the front lines with the coronavirus and our Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, our rapid response team, our chaplains, they're on the front line because that's my, my dad's always taught us as Christians we are to run to the crisis. We are to go in the name of Jesus and help. And during times like this, we as Christians have to be shining more brightly than ever because we hold God's truth. You know, earlier, as I was talking about Psalm 119, it also says God's word is light. You know, it refers to its truth and it's a lamp to our feet. 
It's what sustains us. It's like I said earlier, it revives us. And how does God's Word, how does it do all of that? And some of that, you know, to be honest, it's a mystery. I don't know how God does it all through His Word, but I know it does because He says it, and I know it in my heart because it has revived me during this time. It's been a light to my path. But as we talk about light, I think about Easter, and I've been in Israel. If you're listening and you've had the opportunity to go to Israel, um, there's two sites that people would go to is where Jesus was crucified and buried. And the first one would be the traditional spot, and that's the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. And then there's another site that the Protestants would use a lot, and that's called the Garden Tomb. And I've had the opportunity to go to the Garden Tomb a few times, and I've been able to go a couple early in the morning before it's busy. And it's really quiet. And as the sun is rising, and you think that, you know, nobody knows where the exact spot was. But in this one spot, the Garden Tomb, you're to think, and you look up on this hill, and in this hill, they can kind of see the, a skull, if you look closely over the years, inside, uh, inside this mountain. And on top of it now is a, a graveyard. And at the bottom of this mountain is a really nasty bus station, nasty and gross. But as you sit there at the garden tomb and you look on top of this mountain, and you think where Jesus Christ took the sins of the world, right? He's on top of this mountain, his arms spread up. He was not guilty of any sin, but he took the sins of the world upon him for me and for you. And I think of that moment when the, when the skies went dark and that he gave up his last breath, that Satan thought he won. In that moment of darkness, Satan was probably thinking, I win. But how great it is that we as Christians know who conquered darkness three days later, who conquered death, and that was Jesus. That he rose from the dead, that the, the grave is empty. And as Christians, that is our hope. And I think I've talked about it here before is as Christians, when we often say that Jesus is our hope, we say that probably a lot. And what does that really mean? That Jesus Christ Yes, he died for you and me, but he conquered death three days later and he rose. And what I've often wondered at that moment where the darkness went over the skies and Satan thought he won, how pompous he might have been that he just beat Jesus Christ. But how glorious it was that those three days later that Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death. He conquered the grave. He conquered the darkness. And what was Satan thinking when Jesus rose? And just a few weeks ago or months ago, I read through the Gospels in chronological order. And when I was in uh, studying, you know, just kind of the, the story of the crucifixion, there was one thing that stuck out for me. And like I said earlier, if there's words that keep popping out, I circle them. And yesterday I was rereading them again. And it was the women who followed Jesus by the time that he had been um, gone before the Sanhedrin and he'd gone uh, to Pilate and he came out and he was 
the cross was put on his back and he's walking up to Golgotha. It's the women who were mourning. And then it was the women who accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance, seeing these things. They were watching. They didn't run. They were not afraid. They were heartbroken, but it was the women who didn't run away and fear. They followed Jesus to the end. And as Christians, we follow Jesus to the end. We don't run in fear and we don't run away. Why? Because we know truth. When Jesus stood before Pilate over 2,000 years ago, Pilate, who was the Roman governor over Judea, he looked into the eyes of Jesus and asked this question. And he didn't know he was speaking to the King of Kings, the one and only truth. He was, com- he was confused and he believed that truth was to be relative. He did not realize he was standing face to face with the one who is the way and the truth and the life. And Pilate stood before Jesus Christ and said, what is truth? You know, this world is still seeking 2000 years later of what truth is. We look to Hollywood for truth. We look to our professors and universities for truth. And the world's truth is relative. It changes with the times and changes with the wind. But Jesus Christ, who is truth, does not change. And we know that He still holds victory. And that's what we are to celebrate this Easter. And that's why I want to be like the women and the men who didn't run away in fear, to have a fearless faith in the time of darkness. And what keeps us from running away in fear is that we know God. We know who Jesus is. We know those characteristics of God that we can cling to those Because those women, they knew Jesus. They had spent time with Him. They had studied and they've spent years with Him. They knew Him. We as Christians have to know Him so that we will have a fearless faith in this time of darkness. So this Easter, I want to encourage you. It's going to look so different. We're going to be having Easter services in our home, in our living rooms. Some of you are going to be sad and heartbroken that you're not worshiping with your friends and with your pastor at church. But don't be sad. Don't be heartbroken. Find the blessings and the joy in this time. How Jesus and how God, they've simplified our worship, that we are truly just to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with our family and hold on to the truth that Jesus Christ holds victory. And it's His Word that will revive us that will give us the strength to stand fearless. As we close, there's two movies that come to my mind. The first one is The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And that's the recent one that they did a few years back. And I think of the scene where Aslan is going up to the stone to be crucified, to give his life willingly, There's all these evil, dark creatures and gremlins that are yelling at him, and they're just so nasty, and they're spitting on him. They want him to be crucified. And here's a beautiful, strong, courageous lion going up to give his life willingly. And it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus Christ did for you and for me. In a dark world, yelling at him, wanting him to be crucified, mocking him, spitting on him. And he went to the cross willingly for you and for me. 
And 2,000 years later, we continue to live in a dark world that is still mocking him and still hates the name of Jesus. But then I think of a second movie, and that's the recent one Disney just did of The Lion King. And I think of the scene where Simba, he's older, and he's going back to redeem his kingdom, Pride Rock, which had been overtaken by evil and darkness. And the music is going, and there's this beautiful lion running back to redeem his kingdom. And when I watched it, I started crying. And my husband said, why in the world are you crying? And because I said, that is how Jesus Christ is coming back for you and for me. He's coming back in his full glory one day for you and for me. And I want to remind you right now that darkness doesn't hold victory over you and me. That Jesus Christ, who conquered death, who conquered the darkness, will come back in His full glory for you and for me. And I want to remind you of that. Cling to that this Easter. Hold on to that hope and keep that heavenly mindset. And once again, as we close, I want to remind you that this Easter Sunday, my dad will be having an Easter message on Fox News at 10 a.m. Eastern with Michael W. Smith. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Fearless. Please know that I am praying for you during this time. Thank you for spending your time with me on Fearless today. I'm Sissy Graham Lynch, encouraging you to have a fearless faith. I wasn't given the spirit.